All right, y'all, welcome back. On this episode, we got soon to be Dr. Harold Wade. He's a student success advisor at the University of Illinois at Banner Champaign. He's going to drop a lot of gems and keys for y'all. So hopefully you all are excited and get ready for the for the moment and the, everything we're about to do right now. So just want to make sure give love to Harold. Harold, appreciate you joining us, man. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem, man. So for everybody listening, can you just explain what you do and how you got into this work? Sure. Um, so I'm currently a student success advisor at the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign with the Office of Minority Student Affairs. Um, been in this role for about two years, two full years now, um, going into my third year um, serving as a student success advisor at the University of Illinois. Um, how I came to become an advisor on campus I initially uh, applied to serve as a graduate advisor uh, with the College of Liberal Arts and Sciences on campus. And I did that for a couple of years, had the chance to essentially do the things as a, do the things that a full, full-time advisor would do for students. And so um, selecting courses for students, uh, so course selection, um, adding, dropping courses uh, throughout the semester um, and really advising students and helping them be successful while at the University of Illinois. Um, did that for a couple of years until I transitioned into a full-time uh, student, student success advisor at the university. Um, really wanted the, the chance to, uh, or the opportunity to work at the full-time capacity and so, um, felt comfortable enough with making that transition while uh, completing my doctoral degree at the University of Illinois. So that's how I came to become an advisor at the U of I. Solid. All right. So based upon your experiences that, you know, with advising students and help guide them toward, you know, the ultimate goal of graduation, uh, what are some of the steps that you've seen students take that have been really beneficial to them, but what are also some things that have, you know, that's been like a hinder or a pitfall uh, as they think about how they plan their classes and how they move through the, the university? Yeah, so for the most part, the students that I encountered were first-time freshmen. And so coming to the U of I, coming to the university, um, not really knowing, you know, specifically what major they were interested in or some that did know that the majors they were interested in, um, helping them navigate the university. And so for the students that kind of took advantage of that advising piece, the different referrals that I made to those students, uh, the students that had the chance to um, visit, visit those office hours, attend those tutoring sessions. Um, and those were the students that seemed to do do well in their academic journey uh, while they were on campus. Um, of course, some students that, you know, not necessarily uh, taking advantage of those, those opportunities, those resources on campus, they, they fared pretty well too. But for the most part, the students that did well were the ones that kind of, kind of took advantage of those resources, kind of listened and attended the, their advising meetings. Um, with me on campus. 
uh, for the students that didn't do as as well on campus. Um, those are the students that, um, you know, you made those referrals to different locations on campus, but they didn't attend those things. And so um, you can you can kind of tell the students that uh, did take advantage of those things. They came back and talked about, you know, um, their their tutor or uh, their instructor that kind of helped them through um, through problems and issues that they might have been having in their courses. But um, really, I can say that was the, the major difference in the students that fared well on, on campus uh, compared to the ones that didn't. Uh, taking advantage of those uh, resources, attending their uh, advising meetings, doing those office hours, those tutoring sessions um, and things. Cool. And when you mention a lot of that, I think something that hits home is when, you know, a lot of times students get so gung ho and focus on academics that a lot of times they, well, it's maybe a little tricky during this past year with, with COVID, you know, since we're all doing things in Zoom. But before, you know, that, you know, this ain't going to last forever. And you've seen like people who may be struggling, like with being homesick and all those things like that, you know, and even find a trying to build their community on campus. So um, as students come back on campus and they try to, you know, find this new normal and build community, like what advice and what recommendations do you have uh, to help make sure that they find that balance between doing the schoolwork, but then also building a community with uh, their peers on campus? Yeah, so I think for the students, uh, one of the, the main uh, components that I can think of from my experience was building that that helped in building that sense of community uh, initially was, you know, finding, finding a sense of community and, and assistance from a, a mentor, if you will. Um, I feel like that's an important component to students doing well, that your mentor on campus um, does a lot for you if, you, if you think about it, you know, kind of keeps, keeps uh, tabs on how you're doing, how, how well you're doing on campus. They, they, for the most part, they are potentially that main source that's connecting you with different things on campus, letting you know about different things and resources on campus that can help you uh, while you're uh, on your academic journey. Um, but an, an additional source of, uh, they kind of help with students with building community are, you know, the cultural houses, things like that. Um, attending those cultural houses, being in those spaces, um, encountering different individuals or, uh, or like-minded individuals um, can help you fare well while you're at the university. You know, that, that space um, at the U of I, we have uh, the, a space called the Black House. We have uh, things like La Casa, we have the Native American House. And so you see a lot of students kind of gravitating to those spaces. They put on different events uh, like lunch and learns and um, different things on campus that kind of invite the students to come out and, and, um, and, and, and meet in the, in other individuals, but also um, staff uh, and, and professors at the U of I that attend those things. And so uh, attending those cultural houses uh, is a great way to uh, build community. Uh, and lastly, I think joining those RSOs and so registered student organizations, um, you, you, you find that 
having that involvement not only helps those students build their resume, uh, if you will, and get them more involved on campus, but again, you meet other individuals that are kind of similar or have a similar interest that you might have um, that helps you kind of build that sense of community. Uh, being homesick is a, is a is a real thing. You know, students experience that uh, when they go off to college and um, away from their family. And so you almost have that home away from home feel um, with some of those things that I, I kind of referred to. Um, it allows you to be in different spaces and meet different people uh, that can, you know, help alleviate some of that stress of homesickness that you might experience and help you gain that sense of community. Solid. And so, like, when I think about what you just said, I thought about your role a little bit more. I think for, like, for a lot of our scholars, like, when they come in, they, you know, there's that time at the, at the, whatever university you're at, you're going to be humble, you know, academically in a, in a healthy way, not a bad way, you know, so it's like for, for some, some never got a, they all got A's or B's, never got a C before in their life. Some like, you know, some people, you know, and then it's that time where they don't get that grade that they thought they, they worked that same way in high school. And then they didn't get the grade that they, you know, anticipated. And that could really like be a confidence burner. It could do like a whole bunch of things like imposter syndrome and all those things. Like, damn, do I even belong here? Am I smart enough? All that stuff. Like, mm-hmm. so how do you advise a student who comes in who like, yeah, I studied hard for like chemistry or calculus. I didn't get the grade I wanted. I don't even know if I want to even do this major anymore. Like, how would you advise them and help them out in them situations? And what advice would you give them to? Yeah, uh, I mean, speaking from, from personal experience, I, I was kind of that type of student, you know, uh, coming to the university, you know, I had the, the perception that, you know, I was going to be able to achieve, you know, high grades, you know, all the time. You know, you come from high school where things were a little bit different. But when I came to the university, it was almost like a shock. You know, when I took chemistry courses or biology courses that I wasn't able to get, you know, necessarily an A uh, or straight A's in those courses that, you know, kind of kind of was a, a, a I would say uh, kind of a, a shock to the system. And so um, it wasn't until um, I was able to connect with different resources on campus, you know, coming to the university, I didn't know about what was what was available to me. You know, it was friends that kind of told me, um, hey, you know, we have these resources on campus that can kind of help you with these courses. And so it wasn't until I was able to you know, take those tutoring courses for that chemistry and that that biology, that Spanish course um, that I was able to uh, to do well. And so for the student that experiences that come to the university, um, it's it's something that, you know, a lot of students experience. Um, I would advise them to, you know, uh, work with the instructor you know the, a lot of students don't don't realize that the instructors have office hours for for questions and concerns that they might have and know with, with with a given course and so i would advise them to you know attend those office hours but also like i said before um have the chance to to visit those tutoring resources on campus um because you know 
that that first C or that first uh, grade that you're not accustomed to could be a way to kind of hurt your your spirits and and make you feel like you don't belong in your major. But um, knowing that a lot of students experience those things um, and with you know proper studying and tutoring and things like that, uh, they can persevere and and get through that course and do well. And so I would I would definitely not advise a student to you know change their major just based on their first experience with a given class that they they're not doing well and i would advise them to you know take advantage of those resources to see how we can progress and and, and be better in that course um and you know if we have to to pivot to uh something else you know then that's that's the conversation that uh can easily be had you know um but uh, I wouldn't advise a student to necessarily switch majors just based on their first encounter uh, with a, a given course that they're not doing too well. And I would uh, make those referrals and, um, you know, be sure to kind of help them along the way. Cool. Now, here's like a, a scenario, and I feel like this is the game that a lot of students really don't learn about. And that's like with your with your class selections and when you take certain classes. Right. So. Mm -hmm. Say somebody comes in, they're like, all right, cool. I'm going to take all STEM courses, <laughs> you know, when they come in first year. I'm not taking nothing else, but all STEM courses. I'm trying to get in and out, right? But we but we know, like, you don't necessarily want to take all STEM courses like your whole semester sometimes. You know, you may want to throw something else in there, right? And then sometimes, you know, people don't really get a lot of advising on how to actually set up your schedule. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So how do you recommend, especially for those who's coming straight out of high school where they had that discipline of knowing that, all right, cool, I'm in school from, from eight to three or nine to four, whatever, you know? So yeah. what advice you got for, for students as they make their schedules to help make sure that one, they staying on track to, to graduate, but also making sure that they don't burn themselves out, you know, by taking like two of the hardest, low, hardest classes in the school at the same time, you know? Yeah. Man, so the the greatest experience that I've had um, was probably during my um, my graduate advising position that I had on campus. Um, the, the folks that I worked for, my supervisors, they preached balance with course selection, right? And so they they always refer to it as, you know, your, your steaks and then your sides, right? Your, your vegetables and things like that. And so I'll, I'll always, to this day, uh, I, I go into advising with that mentality. And so, you know, taking those, a couple of those core courses that you need for your major, especially if you are, you're new to your major um, and want to, you know, see how those courses are but also adding in, you know, a couple of gen eds, uh, maybe an elective or, elective or two uh, that can allow you that balance because that first year, you know, that first year experience, it's, it's going to be tough. You know, it's going to be a shock to the system, as I said, um, but you want to make sure that you have some type of balance with your courses um, where you're not taking necessarily all of your, your, your core courses or your tough courses uh, in, in your first semester or two, um, allowing, allowing yourself some room to, you know, if you might want to work a job, if you, you want to have enough time to, to be an actual student, you know, 
um, having that balance in your, your course selection is important. Um, I've had a few students in my, in my time that has, has taken that, that approach to, you know, getting in and taking all of their core courses um, and, you know, not having those general education courses uh, or elective courses added into their schedule. And they, they, some of them struggle. I would say some of them struggle because they didn't have a balance. Um, and so I'll, I'm, I'm an advocate for, for having balance, um, adding in humanities courses, adding in those, um, adding in those uh, uh, natural science courses and things like that, that can allow you, you know, that might ne necessarily be as demanding as your, your maths, your sciences, your STEM courses um, that can allow you to do well. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm a true advocate for, for, for balance when you're selecting courses. Cool. And I'm thinking about, too, like, so there's like a, a I know I was a victim of it sometimes where, like, you know, if you some people don't like studying with people, you know, it's like I'm going to go do everything solo. I was successful in that. And they really don't know sometimes how to ask for help, you know, because then you always like I'm, I'm gifted. I don't really need any help with it. So, like, mm -hmm. for those who may not have ever had to ask for help before, like, have you ever encountered people like that? And what advice would you give to somebody who's like, man, I never asked for help before. I never needed help before. Like, I feel like me asking for help makes me feel like I'm not capable of knocking out the work, you know? Right, right. No, it's, it's, a, it's a humbling experience, you know. Um, as we said, you know, for a student that transitions from high school where they, where they did well and didn't need their help and you come to the university, you might not you might not know how to ask for that help. You might not want to ask for the help. And so my advice would be to to, to seek the help. You know, um, you'll be surprised at um, the values of students that come in, uh, specifically in my office. Excuse me, we offer we offer tutoring. We offer uh, match tutoring and group tutoring. And so you'll be surprised at the numbers of students that we see coming to the office that get, you know, tutoring help. And so uh, is I don't know if it's a, a preconceived thing that students have with, with getting help from tutors and things like that, um, that has some type of negative, uh, negative light on it, but um, it's, it's their form, you know, it's, it's a resource that you pay for essentially, you know, uh, as a student, you don't, it's no extra charge to get tutoring, um, especially if it's, it's offered to you on campus. Um, and so I always recommend students take advantage of it. That's one of the main things that I, I promote when I first meet with my students during their, uh, advising meetings. And so, um, I would advise that the student, uh, take advantage of those things, put their pride to the side if they, if they do have that um, chip on their shoulder in regards to asking for help um, and get it. I was, I was one of those students that came to the university and, and didn't know how to ask for help because I came from a high school where I, I performed well all the time. And so, um, again, coming here, it, it allowed me to to see that you know this is another level, and if I want to be successful while I'm at, at in college, uh, I have to take advantage of those things. And so uh, I I had to put my pride to the side and 
and, and ask for help. And luckily I had friends that uh, were using, that were taking advantage of these, these resources that kind of like, hey, gave me that little, that little nudge that's like, hey, you know, maybe there's something that you, you might want to look into. Um, and I had the chance to do that. So um, I'm, a, I'm a true advocate for, um, for, for that, that advising and that, that tutoring piece. So yeah, take advantage of it. Cool. So we we near time. So I got like two or three um, final questions. So I uh, say they got some like our scholars. They really they really dedicate. They really focused on a lot of things. And some are you know interested in graduate school. Some a whole bunch of other things like medical school, law school, whatever. Uh, mm -hmm. Like all the graduate school things. But a lot of them don't know like the the process of how early they should really be thinking about it. You know, a lot of times. Sometimes, like if they thinking from going from undergrad straight through, that sometimes people catch on too late. You know, um, just like oh, I'm almost like my senior year, I don't have any research experience. I don't really know about anything too much. So I'm curious to see, like, what advice would you have for the students who they're like, yeah, I want to, I know I want to get a PhD, but I don't know how. I don't really know how to seek out research experience or anything like that, or how to do it. Like what advice would you give to somebody who say, hey, I want to do a PhD, but I don't know where to start? Mm -hmm. So um, most times the university have different programs or internships that can kind of give you that experience, that research experience. And so I would recommend looking into that at their university. I know uh, at the U of I, uh, the McNair program is one um, that kind of promotes students to push and push and seek a, a, a PhD. Um, and so that would be uh, one way to start is looking into programs that are offered at the university that can kind of give you that experience. And so it's a number of internships that might give you the, the research um, experience that you might look into or, or programs. And so I think that's one. Um, speaking and talking to professors um, about your interests, uh, what research or what, what program that you might be uh, interested in is another a great way to kind of approach it because they, of course, probably have, you know, a, a, a PhD uh, or, you know, advanced degrees and, and a number of things. And so um, seeking advice from them um, and pursuing that degree or that program um, from that point on. Um, and I think lastly, um, lastly, you know, doing your own research. Um, it's, it's easy to, you know, want to pursue a PhD, right? It's easy to want to pursue um, a, a, a terminal degree, but, you know, you want to be sure that you've done your research on uh, what program you might be interested in, uh, how long it might take to do that program, uh, funding for their program, um, if funding is offered for their program and things like that, um, because you can easily uh, accumulate like a, a, a large amount of debt uh, without the proper proper uh, preparation for it, if you will. Um, and so I would say doing research on all of those things, speaking to those folks um, and getting that experience would be an important things to uh, kind of help you prepare and be ready to, to make that transition. Um, it would be great, you know, if your your undergraduate studies can can kind of 
you know, help you transition into that. But just based on what your major might be, um, that's not necessarily not necessarily the case in all in all situations. But uh, getting those those three three things down pack, I think, will put students in a great space to kind of pursue uh, a PhD. Appreciate that. So with that, our final uh, two questions. So question. So this question is focused on like your experience. Like what is some advice you wish somebody already gave you based upon everything that you've experienced so far? And especially, you know, as a doc candidate about to finish up, like even from undergrad to now, like what's some advice you wish somebody would have gave you? So um, I think I think it kind of ties into your, your last question. Um, uh, you know, really that funding piece. Right. And so uh, my first year or two in my PhD program, I, I didn't take advantage of, you know, some of the things that I talked about uh, because I was kind of unsure about uh, what degree I, I wanted and what I wanted to do necessarily after school. I knew I wanted to get an advanced degree uh, because I was interest, interested initially in becoming a teacher, um, but wasn't wasn't necessarily sure uh, where I want to go uh, and how to how I was gonna get there right and so um, I didn't take advantage of looking into funding for um, for my uh, advanced degrees and so like I said for my maybe first year or two uh, I didn't have funding for it you know and so if you think about grad school that's that's nothing but loans right that's that's a large amount of debt um until uh i was able to you know uh successfully obtain a um a graduate assistantship that you know kind of covered uh most of some of the debt um scholarships are will be great you know uh, but you can you can you can obtain a large amount of debt without that funding piece and so i wish you know someone kind of spoke more about that to me. Um, I wish I had a better connection with uh, some, of, some of the professors that I, I, I encountered on campus that could have prepared me for that transition. The courses uh, weren't, weren't tough and things like that, but just being prepared for how to approach looking for, you know, assistantships uh, for funding for my, my graduate studies. Solid. And the last question is, so this is, like it's not a segment, but it's something that we like to call it like so it's called roses. So we pretty much like to give love to somebody, or you can give love to like, you know, somebody you feel like is doing some real dope work that may not be getting recognized like that. So who's somebody you want to give your roses to? Somebody the scholars should check out. Somebody I want to give my roses to. Yeah. Just put me, just put me on the spot with on that. the on the hey man. I throw it, do it to everybody, man. It ain't personal. Put me on the spot with that one. Um, yeah. yeah, man, I would I would honestly like to give my roses to uh, some of my peers, man. That's that's out doing adult uh, work in higher ed. Um, that's doing uh, that have dope jobs at in at the the higher ed level um, and, and making change, specifically working with students and underrepresented first generation students um that come from spaces that i'm i'm that i come from and uh that i'm familiar with and so i i would love to give my roses to um to those folks that are out there doing great work 
uh, and helping our next generation of students uh, be great. Solid. Well, that's it, man. Uh, I appreciate you taking the time out to do this recording. I know the scholars definitely got something out of it. Just appreciate you taking the time out, man. Thank you so much. Appreciate you for having me. And hopefully they uh, they appreciate this talk and let me know if I can come back and, and talk some more about my my own experiences. All right. Sounds like a winner, scholars. Y'all take it easy. We'll see y'all soon. Peace.